welcome back to Page of the Wind, the sometimes daily podcast where we talk about Patrick Rothfuss's The Name of the Wind, page by page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. And uh, Nick is absent today. And uh, as you have no doubt guessed, listeners, this is going to be another one of our occasional interstitial episodes during our interlude. Uh, and I think today we're going to reach into the well-lubricated gullet of Mr. Mailbag and uh, see what he's got in there. Just wait, I have something on on the mailbag just before you start. I recently spoke to John from Vintus and he agrees with me that the mailbag bit is creepy and weird. Yes, that's why it's funny. No, oh, I see. And, you know, I don't think that Mr. Mailbag would appreciate you talking about him. As I think Mr. Mailbag can suck it. <laughs> and he will. <laughs> why which well, was look, i will spare you this one and i will reach into his gaping maw much appreciated and i will pull out some somewhat soggy mail our first letter is from magical john not john from oh a different john indeed and he writes with two cracked pots first and i'm sure this has been brought up i can't imagine it hasn't but i also don't remember after his parents were killed Quoth wanders off into the forest and spends time there. I posit that he crossed into the Fae, all that far. Being in shock as it was, is it possible he didn't notice the lack of passage of the sun? Second, the king that Quoth kills is Denna's husband. I'm not sure how. Perhaps she ends up with Master Ash, although maybe not entirely by her choice, and Quoth is somehow pushed too far. Magically cracked, John. So... Uh, on that first point, I feel like we have brought up the idea that maybe, maybe Quoth does pass into the Fae when he's a child, and he's like, he's so in shock and so whacked out that he doesn't actually remember doing it. Do you remember ever talking about that? I, we've touched on this briefly because I think other people have written in about it. Mm. And I, what we sort of end up with every time we do this, I feel like, is there's just not enough to go on. Yeah, well, that's why it's on the cracked pot shelf and not on the whole pot shelf. Yeah. But it is it is a theory. Like, it's a great I, idea, and I I am ready for it should it be the the in fact truth. Um, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those, it's one of the theories where I'm like, if it turns out to be true, I will feel like it is fair. You know, like, the idea's that would make that theory plausible have been seeded well enough in the book so far that if that turned out to be the case, it would like, it would not feel strange or out of place or forced. Exactly. Uh, on the second idea, again, this is one where I'm like, yeah, that could be the case that the King that Cloth kills is Dennis husband. That feels too far fetched to me. Well, why? I'm not like, I don't like it could be, but like, there's not enough seeded for it. Well, I yet. mean, it's true that Magical John presents no actual evidence for this theory at all, which is why it's the cracked pot. But I think that a case could be made that we know that Denna makes her way in the world by currying the favor of powerful men. And we have already seen the idea of like political marriages as, as alliances of convenience more than love uh, seated in the section of the book that has to do with the mayor uh, courting Mellow and Lackless. So I think that you could make a case that those themes and those ideas are present. And, you know, depending on how it shakes out, if that did end up being the case, maybe Quoth kills the king, whoever it is, for what he thinks are good reasons. And in so doing, he harms Denna somehow or like destroys whatever remains of their relationship. I can see that being 
a thematically appropriate event in the book. There's also something to consider as to like whether or not Denna is the marrying kind, because like to me, it kind of seems like Denna is the kind of person who likes to kind of do her own thing, right? We see that a lot when she's like, she doesn't stay in one place for very long. And it seems as though that is like the lifestyle that she likes. And while that theoretically could change, we know that King is still, or King is still, Foth is still relatively young in the narrative post having killed the king, which means that Denna is probably also still, time loops aside, Denna is still probably also relatively young post the death of the king. So the likelihood of her having changed that behavior, deciding to marry someone, and then that person being killed feels less. Yeah. Those... Because like her current behavior doesn't seem like someone who would, who would be tied to a husband in this kind of culture. Yeah. I, I think that you raise some really compelling points. I think what would have to happen to make that make sense is for the husband to offer Denna something that she wants more than her kind of freedom of movement. Right. Cause she has expressed the idea pretty clearly that she doesn't want to be tied to any man. And but she also when she talks to the the girl about her her prospects in the sex work business that like what you want is to be like stable right and like have some kind of stability and comfort if you're gonna like be in a in a relationship like that so I feel like if Denna did end up marrying the Kingly Cloth killed that guy would have to be offering her something more valuable to her than her freedom. An offer she cannot refuse. Well, yeah, exactly. A devil's bargain. Oh, no. But the age thing doesn't really matter because I think that we're meant to understand that Quoth is older than he looks. Probably because he spent some time in the Fae, uh, af- you know, between the events of the frame and the events in the frame. So I think that thinking about Quoth too much as someone who is, like, in his early 20s is probably a fatal mistake. Okay. that That's reasonable. I could be wrong about that. Thank you very much for writing, John. Always nice to hear from you. We have a letter from Curtis, our old friend Curtis. Hi, all. On page 257, you talked about the siege stone. To my knowledge, we never see it again, but we do see Quoth smack a locked chest while while exclaiming a Tolkien reference and have it spring open. The siege stone seems very similar in some ways. I also wonder whether the Siege Stone has the rune of Teh on it, given that it busts open presumably locked things. Just a minor musing. Postscript. Oh <laughs> I apparently have difficulty in spelling it as Siege, S-I-E-G-E, rather than S-E-I-G-E, despite the spelling rule. Interesting. Yeah, well, I think that's probably because Siege is a French word. French words sometimes cause difficulty in, in English, even though a lot of our words are French. I those are both interesting questions. I I wonder like if Koth makes himself a siege stone, is it a one-time use magic item? Does he expend it when he uses it or can he is that now part of his gear that he can bust out again? Oh man, I have no idea. I definitely like I barely remember this particular snippet and I know nothing about siege stone lore outside well, there, of this so there's only the lore inside the book that's all that well, matters you never know he might have gotten the idea from something yeah but what but that doesn't matter what matters is what's in the book right i know but sometimes what's in the book is based on other stuff so what i'm saying is i don't know any other stuff so i can't imagine what it would be based on and whether or not it is a more than one time use or not thing 
and what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what anyone else did that involved an item like this. What matters is what Rothfuss chooses to do. Right, but I can't hypothesize. Why not? I do <laughs> well, it all because, the time. Because I've got nothing to work with. <laughs> so that's, I, I mean, as our absent co-host would tell you, that's the best time to hypothesize when you have nothing to go on. Is it still called hypothesizing if you have absolutely nothing to go on? Yeah, absolutely. The hypothesis is the first thing you do. You go, I want, you know, I think this will happen when I do X. And then you decide to do an experiment to see if the hypothesis is true or not. Mm, reasonable. So I guess what I would say is because we don't know how they work and whether or not they are one-time items, we it could be the same siege stone if, he, if it is a siege stone where he slaps it on the chest. I don't remember that scene, but I am picturing the meme of the guy patting the hood of the car and going, this bad boy can fit so many blank in it. I guess what I'm saying is, because we know that Siege Stones exist, if it turns out that Cloth has another one, or is continuously using the same one, that will feel of a piece with me. Like, it would be nice if, if a Siege Stone played a small part in Book 3, and it would not feel out of place for him to have that in his utility belt. I agree that it would not feel out of place. That said, I also, um, not only do I not know anything about the Siege Stone, I also have no idea what meme you're referencing. That's okay. You never have any idea what meme I'm referencing. Reasonable. It's an older meme, but it checks out. The Siege Stone is a sympathetic device, so it stores energy, which leads me to think that maybe when it is used, like when you smack it on something, it expends all that energy, and there's no way to, to sort of reset it. Much like he ha Quoth has to, to fiddle with the arrow catch to, to get it to be more than a one-time use kind of item. Yeah. Which leads me to think that absent other evidence, the Siege Stone probably is a one-time use item. So he would have to have another one. if that's Unless what. it's like a rechargeable battery sort of situation. Right, but how would you recharge it? I don't know magic. Hmm. And by magic, I mean sympathy. Hmm. So, you know, that's, that's shoddy science, Jordana. You know what? <laughs> I do know what. James what? He invented the steam engine. Fine. <laughs> Anything else on that letter? I'm good. All right. Well... We have one more. We have a letter from SNC, our old friend. Uh, hello, pagers. SNC writes on Wiseman's Fear, chapters 72 and 73. I have a theory about the girl who Denna helps. We know that her father is stable master for a baron, and that the baron's eldest son got handsy with her. Who else do we know who is the eldest son of a vintage baron? <gasps> I know where this is going! <laughs> who has a history of sexually harassing women. That's right, Ambrose. Therefore, I posit that the girl's father works for Baron Jackus. When Denna tells the girl, they'll take half of what you make, but it's better than getting nothing and having your throat slit on top, Jeremy theorized that it was about getting a pimp. But in my opinion, it's about working in a brothel as opposed to working the streets. In chapter 73, I think Denna has another motive besides just showing Cloth her song. We know that the last time they met, their almost kiss was interrupted by the mayor. In this chapter, Denna is wearing a dress that reveals a lot of leg and trades some lewd banter with both. I think she took him to their private spot away from the city, not only because it would be a good place to play her song, but also to, shall we say, make a different type of music in private where no one could interrupt them. According to Brayden, one gives a ring of gra green grass to a lover. So Quoth trying to make the grass into a ring and having no idea how to do so is very on the nose indeed. Denna saying, you are mine and mine alone, I don't intend to share you, reveals her possessiveness, which explains some of her anger after learning how Quoth slept with Valyrian and many other women. 
Thanks for the podcast and looking forward to seeing you return after your much deserved break. I hope it is a relaxing one. Best regards, SNC. Well, thank you, SNC. It has been relaxing so far. Where to begin? Yeah. Well, why don't we start with the go point by point? So first point, uh, SNC puts forward the idea that the the Baron for whom this girl girl's father is the stable master is Baron Jackus. It might as well be fact. I'm so sold on this. It would be awfully neat. It would be awfully tidy. And that's probably why I don't like it. Because the idea that everything in this book has to connect up and everything feeds back into something we already know actually makes it feel less realistic to me. But there's only one story, Jeremy. Yeah, I also think that's horseshit. um, (laughs) In the real world, there are messy coincidences. There are complications. This is not the real world. We're reading a fantasy book. (laughs) Right, but in fiction, when things are too easily wrapped up, it makes the world feel less real. It makes the world feel less lived in. It makes it feel like I'm reading a story. Sure, but so many things about this book are so complicated. Why can't you just let me have this? Isn't it actually less complicated if this isn't a reference to the Jackasses? Do we think really think that Ambrose is the only first son of a baron who gets handsy with the help? Well, it doesn't matter either way, because even if it is Ambrose, there's no reason Rothfuss would ever need to confirm that. Right. But what I'm saying is, I think that it makes the world of Temerant feel more rich and varied and lived in if not every single NPC and minor character with a line of dialogue is actually tied back into the narrative in some way. Fine. I sort of agree with that, but I still like the idea of this particular situation connecting. On to the next point. This is one where I'm like, could be either, could be both, doesn't really matter. When Denna says they'll take half of what you make, uh, and you know, I said on the episode when we talked about it that she's talking about a pimp, and SNC puts forward the idea that they're talking about a brothel. For the purposes of what Denna's trying to get across to this girl, they might as well be the same thing. Like the only real difference between a brothel and a pimp is that the brothel is, you know, the, the stereotype of a brothel is that it's run by a madam rather than a pimp, but they serve basically the same function. Isn't isn't a brothel like isn't there a building associated with a brothel, whereas a pimp, uh, like the whoever, whoever the pimp is like the boss of, they would they would go off with the patron rather than the patron coming to their building. Uh, I mean, in general, I, I think that's true. But I also think that like, you know, it's not uncommon for a pimp to have like a, a flop house or, a you know, a, a you know, a creaky mattress somewhere that he's like, take the Johns there. Oh, OK. Like, they're not necessarily going. They're probably not going home with their clients. They're probably like going around a back alley or in their car or whatever. Um, right. I guess that makes sense. Whereas a brothel is like, a, you know, a building where sex workers work and yeah. often, I think, live as well. I feel like it would be better decorated. Again, there is like the the cliche that like the brothel is this kind of like perfumed pleasure house run by an ex-sex worker who's now, you know, moved up to management. <laughs> when you put it that way, it's so weird because it like just sounds like someone who like 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 the grocery store, like you know, like you move up from cashier to like assistant manager to management. Hey, when we say sex work is work, we mean it. Oh no, I agree. I just I feel like it's a little more complicated than that. But you could also have a brothel run by a pimp. 
like to take a pop culture example in Deadwood, Al Swearingen runs a brothel, but he's a pimp. Oh, or rather, okay. he has pimps who work for him. Again, I think ultimately this is a six of one and half and of half a dozen of the other kind of. Situation. It could be anything. SNC goes on to say that Denna had another motive for taking Foth off to show him her song. She was maybe also hoping to pick up where they left off uh, the last time they met. I think that you know why not both in this scenario? Yeah, yeah, I can follow with that. Why not both? And. Whom amongst us has not set up a romantic date with whoever we're, we're sweet on and then had it turn into a nasty fight instead somehow? Yeah, that's never happened to me. So that's whom amongst us. <laughs> Give it time for Danny. Give it time. Oh my gosh, don't say that. <laughs> and as for the other stuff, like, yeah, I think Quoth trying to make a ring of green grass is definitely supposed to be we're supposed to draw that connection to what he's idly fiddling with and what we know about the ring game. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sold on, on the ring. I do think that Denna, some of Denna's reaction to finding out Flurian is probably possessiveness, or I guess I would say like jealousy, but in the sense that like, I think that Denna thinks of Quoth as like, or she's trying to think of Quoth as not like all the other men she knows who are, uh, untrustworthy, who really only just want to get in her pants, who don't care about her as a person, despite all the sweet words they say and the promises they make. And she wants to think both is different. And I think that finding out that, oh, I actually went off and, you know, learned the arts of lovemaking from the goddess of erotic fantasy and then made my way through half the barmaids in Temerant, I'm sure that that would make Denna think, oh, he actually is full of shit, just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. That's frustrating and upsetting. Why is it frustrating and upsetting? Well, because because he's not lying. But she but but of course that story sounds like a lie. Yes. Well, but I don't think she thinks he's lying. Like I think she believes him when he's I mean Actually, I haven't read this passage of the book, so maybe I'll revise my opinion. I say we might but have I, to wait till we hit that. I don't think it matters whether or not she thinks he's lying about having gone to Falurian. I think what matters is that she thinks that he didn't care about sleeping with other girls but her. Which, frankly, I think is an unfair expectation to put on a horny 15-year-old. I think that's an unfair expectation to put on most human beings. Yeah, especially if the last encounter you had might as well have been a breakup. Yeah. You don't you don't get to have a big blow-up fight with this guy and then expect him to not have moved on with his life. Well, especially because Denna is the kind of person who to Quoth appears to be moving on con- like all the time. Yeah, it is a little bit hypocritical of her, isn't it? Yes, very frustrating. She's allowed to date all the other boys, but Quoth goes off and plows a few fields that she wasn't expecting him to plow, and she gets very mad about it. Yeah, not fair. Not fair at all. But uh, so often, life and love are not fair. And Indeed. listeners, we're going to be unfair to you by uh, by cutting it off here. You'll have to wait a little while before you hear us reach once more into the, the gullet of Mr. Mailbag. But never fear, we shall be back. We shall be back in your ear holes before you know it, uh, with tales of lands we've been to and songs we've sung. And until then, we'll sing you a song called Page of the Wind. Wind.